studio within the studio? Yeah, yeah, a studio within Dog Kennel Studios. I mean, what are we using the ba- uh, the basement for? Uh, that's where the dogs are when we're st- studioing. Oh, sure. Okay, fair enough. Well, <laughs> good God, what a mess of society. Uh, hi, everybody. This is Harrison. Welcome to Frank Reviews, a father-son expedition through pop culture. Uh, uh, I am Harrison, the son I am your father. And that's Frank. <laughs> and this week we watch well, Frank, Frank Vader. Frank Vader. <laughs> Not Darth Frank, Frank Vader. Um, well, last week we watched a movie made in 1979 that featured a lot of uh, uh, driving and road stunts. And had a title that had a double M alliteration, uh, and and was more or less the start of a huge franchise. And this week we watched uh, the same exact thing, uh, which was the Muppet movie <laughs> instead of Mad Max. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> because because basically they're the same. I know. I know. Early in an earlier episode, I said something about how I wanted to avoid doing miniseries, but I really like doing like these movies back to back. That are like on the surface dissimilar, but like thematically the okay. same. So, okay. I mean, yeah, hey, all right. Uh, so, yeah, Dad, what did you think of the Muppet movie? Uh, first of all, somebody should have comments about what you just said, but um, <clears throat> you're equating those two movies. Um, <laughs> we had seen it when uh, the kids were little. Kermit, uh, Kermit cuffs a guy to an exploding truck, right? That's how the movie ends? Is that? Yeah. yeah something okay. like that, yeah. Sure. Um, and uh, um, saw it when, when the kids were little. Uh, it the was, kids. It, the Me. kids. It was uh, it was riotously funny and entertaining at that time. The second viewing, um, I don't know. I found it kind of, uh, to be honest with you, uh Boring. Really? Portions of it were boring. Yeah, it was, um, um, so the frog is going out west to go to to Hollywood and. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, please continue. We're talking about the right movie, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, just. And, and. He's he's nobody special. He's just the frog. So, so he's going out west and that's it, you know, and he picks up whack jobs on the way and he you know he has right yeah goofy adventures on the way and stuff like that and uh, although the ending was uh i had forgotten about the ending but the ending was uh was terrific with uh with um, orson wells oh orson wells this is this is the second orson wells movie we're covering yeah. i'm counting it nuts to it yeah so as i said this movie came out in 1979 and yeah this was actually in the middle of the run so the muppet show would have been in its third season at this point uh so were you like a, a quote-unquote fan of the muppets did you watch the show at all i mean i doubt no, you we, saw this in theaters <laughs> no we oh no we saw it at home no we didn't watch we didn't watch the muppets or i think your mom watched the muppets but i didn't like for some reason i didn't like the show it was, okay uh, i don't know it was it was uh, kind of forced or something it just didn't seem uh it wasn't entertaining so i didn't really watch the show that much but um um, I know that Muppets were really taken off at that time. Well, yeah, I want to say, uh, like, 
five or six years earlier, Sesame Street had started. I forget when that started, actually. So let me actually that up Sesame Street was in the early seventies, I think. Um, <clears throat> but um, as far as the Muppets go, nineteen sixty nine. It's okay. <laughs> sorry. I the the dichotomy between. Uh, or the disparition, really, between Googling The Muppet Show, 1976, five seasons, and then Sesame Street, 1969, comedy, 47 seasons. Yeah. It's just, oh, that's a little yeah. painful, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I knew but. The Muppet Show didn't, it didn't last uh, tremendously long. But um, uh, as far as The Muppets go, stuff like the, the Christmas Carol movie. Well, they um, came much later. Yeah, like, uh, um, yeah. That, that's super, um, but... As far as the show or this movie, but it, it is weird though. I really liked it the first time. I guess okay. I was. It know. might just be more of a product of its time. Yeah, maybe you're maybe. more used to the the more updated, the newer batch of Muppet stuff. Maybe I say newer, like yeah. Muppet Christmas Carol was 1992. Maybe so. Yeah. Uh, the only part, well, only of a couple of parts I remembered. Uh, the fork in the road. <laughs> quite, quite clever, of course. Um, and I did have some questions like... Okay, hit me. Um, wait a minute. Who's the guy with the, the long uh, bent nose? Uh, Gonzo. Gonzo. What was with Gonzo and the chicken? It's like, uh, you know... That I have never been able to figure he, out. He but spends, it is a running gag throughout all of the Muppet franchise. He spends all his time with this chicken. Yeah. Like, and they're, like, palling around, and it's Camilla like... Camilla the chicken is, for all intents and purposes, Gonzo's romantic partner. That's I the have, sense I got. I have no other information for you, then, besides that is a staple of almost all Muppet. Yeah, I've never dated a chicken, so it was just curious. <laughs> um, I, I didn't it's realize like, that. Well, speaking of, like, even in The Muppet Christmas Carol... Uh, 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 Gonzo in that movie is quote unquote playing Charles Dickens as the narrator. Right. And uh, uh, there's a bit where there are some chickens at one point, and he gets like visibly distracted from the rest of the movie okay. because there are chickens. I guess you'd have so, to really be cued into that one. I I have seen the Muppet Christmas Carol so many friggin' times, uh, and I don't regret any of it. So, and there was there was some. <clears throat> oh, I know the okay. question I wanted. Okay, so the Muppet Show was already three years in. Yep. Uh, the Muppets were being established. Mm -hmm. Had Miss Piggy and Kermit formed their relationship, or was it a was it based Ooh. on this movie forming? No, because they formed a, a relationship in the movie. Now I do know. I haven't seen all of it, and I certainly haven't seen a lot of it in a very long time but i know like if you were to watch the first episode of the muppet show it's not the muppets you think like the skeleton of the idea of the characters are there but it's okay. certainly not like what we like the movie we saw right i think the movie was like a codification of all of the muppet tropes that we know okay like, um uh uh so much of it even was uh, just Jim Henson and Frank Oz uh, dicking around on set. Like, uh, Miss Piggy's characteristic, hi -ya! Yeah, okay. using judo chops and stuff okay. like that. That was all just, <coughs> pardon me, Frank Oz corona. improvising. Yeah, corona. God in heaven. This is week X of yeah. the corona. Yes. Uh, 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 outbreak, pandemic, uh, and we're trying to distract you. Hooray! Yes. Yes, uh, Sorry. Um, so it was. I think it was really just like 
uh, Jim Henson, it's like, okay, these are, this is what the Muppets are, definitively. That's what Three this movie brought out. Into the show. Okay, yeah. so it solidified their their personalities less, and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Okay, so <clears throat> so up till then, uh, Kermit and Miss Piggy weren't an item. I don't believe so. I think okay. there was like quote unquote romantic tension on set in okay. the Muppet Show, but like okay. I don't know. Like I do know like um, ew, the Muppets Take Manhattan was supposed to be the last big Muppets movie, and that does end with them getting married but it's also played like is it just part of the show they're putting on on broadway right. is or it, did they, is yeah okay it, it, yeah, yeah um here's here's a chance for uh, uh you throngs of listeners yeah. to uh pipe up and uh tell us what your uh, opinion is um did uh Kermie and uh, miss piggy um um hook up at at the muppet movie or uh were they secretly uh um, uh, uh, an item um, prior to that. I, I will say, like, the the ending of Miss Piggy's song, uh, Never Before, Never Again, it ends with her, like, bellowing these high notes for a good, like, minute and a half. And knowing that that's Frank Oz trying to hit those notes, okay. it's... Oh, it got me. Yeah. It got me pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I am gonna buy you a... Okay. A <laughs> I can hear that. Like, okay. just this, like, metal steel rumbling. I'm gonna buy you a fidget spinner. That's how... Or go. a stress baller. There you go. Something. Right. Uh, yeah. Punching bag. Punch... Yeah, that'll just every eight seconds or so. Thump, thump. They um, so in the movie, so in the movie, they had tons and tons of cameos by oh my god, really yeah, pull those up. major stars, yeah, major stars at the time, um, older stars, uh, one or two contemporary stars, but major stuff. I can remember um, Bob Hope. Milton Berle. Let's see. Uh, uh, Steve <laughs> Martin. Uh, so Edgar Bergen. Is Edgar a Bergen major one, the, with uh, his the ventriloquist. Uh, ventriloquist. Yeah. That was a super old one. He probably died at the end of the show. He probably. actually he actually died. Uh, I want to say a few weeks before this premiered. Uh, yeah. So like this was his more or less final. I'm pretty uh, sure that was about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Filmography. See all actor. The uh, nope. Wonton Tan, the dog who saved Hollywood. What? All right. Um, missed that. Sure. Um. Uh, oh, because he's credited as himself in the Muppet movie. Well, of yep, course. there it is. So that was his last screen appearance. Uh, so Edgar Bergen, um, Milton Berle, Mel Brooks as oh. Professor Max Crassman. Yes, Mel Brooks was in <laughs> there. Everybody's favorite. Yeah. Um, now he was. Uh, he he did something weird, which was really kind of tasteless. I thought. Okay. When he. Uh, he's next to his machine that's oh, supposed to. I know what you're gonna say. Uh, yeah. Modify Kermit's brain, was it? Like, yeah. It was like some sort of like electronically uh, activated lobotomy or something yes, like yes, that. Yes, yes, a yeah. brain machine. Yeah. And he leans up next to the machine and he licks the one of the knobs. Oh, there's some weird tongue work going on in there. L- yeah. Literally, <laughs> his tongue licking, the, and it was like oh. that was just his taste. Uh, I, I couldn't. Like, why is that in this movie? You don't get that Mel Brooks in a Mel Brooks movie. No. But it's in the Muppet movie. Yeah, I, I couldn't understand what that was about. I I, I think he was just like, oh, th- this is uh, uh, just a few years after um, uh, his year of uh, uh, Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein. Okay. Um, 
and like he was on fire. So it's like, oh yeah, he can get away with anything. He's, yeah, he, yeah. I mean, but, if they're uh, just they're ad libbing and clowning around, and you know, um, you know, in re- in filming the the movie, I can understand. But that could have been cut. Yeah, just, it was a little. Yeah, a little, yeah. Yeah. little um let's see uh james coburn yes uh dom deloise yes the agent at the very beginning of the movie yes uh let's see elliot gould uh bob hope uh madeline Kahn, carol kane uh cloris leachman steve martin richard pryor telly savalas telly Saval- yeah uh orson no. wells and Paul Williams. Paul Williams, yeah. Um, now, uh, some of you um, um, chronic, uh, chronically, no, not to go, chronologically challenged folks, you younger <laughs> people, uh, won't won't recognize a lot of these names. There were uh, a lot of um, talent from literally from the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. Oh yeah, and he up was through. especially with the uh, the Charlie MacArthur. Um, Am I uh, Charlie I was, McCarthy? McCarthy. Did I say MacArthur? MacArthur. Yes. Why did my brain do that? Yeah, with the with the Charlie McCarthy uh, Edgar Bergen cameo, like that's like paying tribute to like the, the inspiration of the medium, essentially. Yeah, so. that's got to go back even to the twenties. Oh I mean, yeah, that guy was yeah. you know. But you know some <clears throat> some of the uh, actors or some of the people were more contemporary for the seventies and eighties and stuff. But oh yeah, but some of them were just you know their heydays were literally the forties. Maybe into the fifties and or sixties. So you know, like if they did it today, I wonder like who they would like, be getting. They kind of did. Like I made, they made, I made. Good lord, they made a, a loose reboot, The Muppets, in uh, two thousand eleven, and then a couple of years later, uh, The Muppets Most Wanted, and that had. Oh God! Yeah, let me pull that up. Well, I, I guess I'm I'm out of the loop now with the now that I have no pe- yeah, little, well, little baby feet running around the house. I can definitely recommend uh, the Muppets from 2011 as a pretty solid movie. It's a lot of good. It pulls on the nostalgia strings a little okay. hard, but I feel like if anything deserves to pull on the nostalgia strings, it's the Muppets. Okay. Uh, but yeah, they had. Let me see. Um, Alan Arkin, Zach Galifianakis, Ken Young, uh, Ken Jeong. I never know how to pronounce that. Ken Young, Ken Jeong, Jim Parsons, Eddie Pepitone. I love Eddie Pepitone. Kristen Shaw, Sarah Silverman, uh, Donald Glover. Like a lot of people do show up in this movie. About so half of, half of those names, I don't know who they yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it's a lot of stuff like then contemporary, uh, right. Uh, premier sitcom stars. Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah. Let's see. Rather than award-winning blockbuster movie uh, uh, icons uh, like in the first movie, the seven whole different time, the nineteen seventies. Yeah. You yeah. know. Um, although, yeah, in two thousand eleven, they had Disney money behind them. So, okay. and that's you know what I'm going to go down a very loose tangent here, but that is related to the Muppets. So bear with me. I'm assuming. You've seen the animated version, but not the live-action version of Disney's Beauty and the Beast. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. So, 
I don't know how much you know about this, but that's basically the conceit of this podcast. Us bonding over over pop culture nonsense that I'm obsessed with. Okay. And then you watching it and being like, what the hell is wrong with you? Go out and do something with your life. Right. Uh, yeah. Right. Uh, oh, that's our entire dynamic. Oh, the show's over already. Oh, yeah, Great. That's, okay. That's, that's our whole dynamic yeah. anyway. See you later. Cool. Good. Uh, no. So in the late 80s, early 90s... Um, before obviously before Jim Henson died, they were in talks with the Walt Disney Company to have the Jim Henson Studios, the Muppets, being bought by Disney. I mean, bump my own microphone as I'm gesticulating wildly. Um, and he was given a tour of their animation department, and they were working on Beauty and the Beast, in which uh, a castle uh, has all of its inanimate objects come to life and be part of the cast. Right. So Jim Henson finishes that tour. He goes back to the Muppet Studios and says to the Muppeteers, hey, you know that adaptation of Beauty and the Beast we've been working on where uh, everything in the castle comes to life and is all Muppets and stuff like that? Shut it down. Disney's going to get to it first and they've got more money. They're going to pull it off better than we can. Shut it down. So they had a hmm. Beauty and the Beast in development okay. that was very similar lines. So who Who were the... Stars. Who were who was that's Miss, it's gotta be Miss Piggy and that's, that's what I've done in my head because in you know, following the tradition of a uh, uh Christmas Carol Treasure Island, you would think that Belle would be a human star and the beast would be like some sort of original Muppet creation. Yeah, like uh, one of those uh, great big Yeah, the big walkabout Muppets like yeah. um who was the guy? Sweetums. Sweetums, yes. Sweetums. Jack yes. Name Jack Job. Yes. Uh, Freaking great. But so when they announced that Disney was doing a live action adaptation of Beauty and the Beast like five or six years ago, I got really excited because I'm like, we had this talk during the uh, the Dark Crystal episode, but like the the advancements in puppetry between the 80s and now is obscene. So the things you could pull off with a live action Beauty and the Beast with the full power of the Jim Henson studio behind you, mm-hmm. with Disney money funding it all, it could be truly right. insane. Instead, what we got was a almost copy paste of the original animation adaptation with all CGI. Okay. All CGI. There was almost nothing live action about it. Emma Watson was live action. That was about it. It it just depressed me to no end. But okay. yeah, like like you were just saying. So you'd want Kermit to be, uh, uh, I don't even know. But who, who who's the um the candlestick? Well, that's the thing. <laughs> Funny that you mentioned the chicken earlier. Can you imagine Gonzo? As Lumiere, okay, the, the the candlestick, and in the cartoon animated Beauty and the Beast, Lumiere has an ongoing fling with a uh, woman that's been turned into a feather duster. Oh my god! So okay. you have a gold painted Gonzo who is constantly on fire, and then every now and then a literal feather duster waddles yes. by and goes. Okay. So yeah. just come on, give me yeah. that. Give me, give, give me Gonzo singing. Be our guest. Um, have Gaston be played by I don't even know anymore. But it's like, give me the Muppets doing. Beauty. Oh yeah, you'd have to S- screw these live action adaptations of Disney. Give me the Muppets doing live action. Well, how could you have a Muppet Disney? like as a as a negative character? Well, no, that's like, oh jeez, yeah, yeah, exactly. Or, or, so you'd have a like, villain. You'd have like Gaston. And Bell and uh, yeah, th- those two characters would be actual human beings. Okay, 
and maybe Belle's dad. But everybody else would be Muppets, like okay. uh, LeFoe, Gaston's little henchman who has a change of heart at the end of the film. Yes. He would be a Muppet. Uh, the the uh, Sam the Eagle as uh, Cogsworth, the okay. clock. Just, okay. it, come on. Yeah, I see. I it's see. all okay. right there. Yeah. Do that, Disney. What the hell? Yeah. Uh, you can have that. Just give me a little name. Just let me let me play one of the Muppets, one of the background. Get, get oh, them on. Get get Walt yeah. on the phone. Yeah, yeah. Unfreeze the head. Yes, unfreeze the head. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Bring Walt. it out of confinement. Hello, Walt. <laughs> Interesting. So anyway, back, uh, so, yeah, back, back, back to, to our movie. Back a lot, to the Muppet movie. A lot of really fascinating cameos. I wonder, like... Uh, who was the target audience? Uh, I guess it was family target. I, I think uh, the movie landscape has absolutely changed in the now 41 years since yeah, this came cause, out. Because Muppets really do appeal to a broad range. Oh, I mean, yeah. they're not just for children. It's not, oh, yeah. It's not Barney and kind of thing. Exa- and they can, as Mel Brooks shows, you can get stuff under the radar yeah. with the Muppets. I think the Muppets' first special was actually called Sex and Violence. <laughs> uh, I got to look that up. But um, maybe I'll throw it in on here. Uh, the original pitch that Jim Henson and Frank Oz and all of them recorded and sent to uh, public t- American public television was like a news broadcaster Muppet doing the layout of the pitch. For, and he starts very straight-laced and very serious. And the Muppets are this wonderful family-oriented. Right. And we can do all this. But the bit is that he starts to lose his cool and go bug nuts as the pitch progresses the muppet show a show that will be loved and adored by every nielsen home in the country small children will love the cute cuddly characters young people will love the fresh and innovative comedy college kids and intellectual eggheads will love the underlying symbolism of everything freaky long-haired dirty cynical hippies will love our freaky long-haired dirty cynical muppets because that is what show business is all about. And PBS turned it down. Okay. And he had to pitch it to, uh, I think they were funded, uh, I forget the name of the, the, the group, but a, uh, a company in Britain. So it, uh, if I'm remembering, the guy's name was like, it was Lord Lou Grade funded the Muppets. And that's kind of who uh, Orson Welles is playing in the movie, Lou Lord. Okay. So not Lord... Lou Grade, but Lou, Lou, Lou Lord. Doesn't okay. matter. It's Orson Welles. It's great. Yeah. Uh, did you have a favorite moment besides the fork in the road? Um, a favorite Muppet? Um, I Oh, a favorite Muppet? Oh, you know what? Gosh, I don't... Well, Animal's always cool, but... Animal he's, is always his, great. Yeah. He's a little limited in his uh, repertoire. He, but, he's, uh, he's best used as like a sprinkling. Yeah. 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 Um, um, I don't know if I have a, a favorite Muppet, although uh, um, Fozzie Bear, mm. he's pretty cool. Um, but the, my favorite scene, uh, of course, is Orson Welles oh. when Kermit says, oh, I'm here to become rich and famous or whatever. And he just turns to his secretary and says, uh, uh, draw up the uh, rich and famous, uh, standard rich and famous contract for uh, Mr. Kermit Frog. That was, like, yeah. you know, it, he t- he. T- the whole movie getting across the country, they finally get there just in time for yeah. the meeting. They bust in uh, to his office. <laughs> they and, literally assault the secretary yes. with their, like, 
animal dander. Yes, uh. and uh, uh, no, no audition, no nothing. He just appears. Uh, yes, I'm here to become rich and famous, and he gets the contract. Yeah, it's it was it was that was getting that was, there was the hard yeah, part. Yeah, yeah, that was that was fun to yeah. see to see that part. And like because it is 1979, and because it is Orson Welles, he is roughly in his planetoid uh, phase of development at this point, where he's basically uh, a sphere sitting on top of a much larger sphere. Yeah, he's, but he's got the world's biggest. It looks like a prop cigar hanging straight out of his yeah. mouth. It's like that's that. Oh, that's a real cigar, sir. I, okay. Yeah. Let's, it, okay. It, it looked like a, a South Street hoagie. <laughs> it, was, it was so freaking that is, big. That is a local reference yeah, yes. for, for anybody listening out there. Because uh, I know Yo, Philadelphia, these, yo! Yeah. The, we sell these Johns called hoagies. Yes. Uh, to jabronis on the streets. <laughs> uh, do you want it whiz wit or it out? Um, it's, a, it's a submarine <laughs> sandwich, okay? Uh, sh- Similar to the po' boy that y'all have, I, I, I've that y'all had have to, down there. I've had to describe to friends, like, why I... Like, you go to Wawa, literally any sandwich you can get, it's by default on a hoagie roll. Right. It's like, it's like I can I just get a sandwich? Yes. God damn it. This yes. is why I personally prefer sheets, and that's uh, sacrilege to most of our local people. That's western Whatever. Pennsylvania. That's, that's yeah. They don't have electricity or indoor plumbing out there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we've got any listeners out there, so whatever. All right, deal. They don't have electricity. They don't have radios. Why would they? Yeah. Yeah. I heard something on the FM. Yeah. Uh, Unless we are carried on police broadcasts, (laughs) I don't think. uh, Yeah. Uh, Anything else you wanted to to uh, uh, throw Overall, it was was fun to see it again. Uh, I know you enjoyed it. Um, uh, My lovely wife, Kathleen, you're lovely mother uh she enjoyed watching it uh we kept her awake for it and uh, we she did watched it. it was yes, a miracle it was, it was at least 7 7 7 p.m 7 30 or something when it finished yeah. so um so she stayed up uh so it was fun yeah. it was good to see fair enough but All wait right. but wait have we discussed what we're seeing next time that's actually what i was going to ask so considering the stuff we've watched lately i know you were kind of disappointed with mad max not realizing that it was the mad max you know is yeah. mad max was not the mad max that was mad Max. yeah it was like what the so i feel like i owe you in a weird way um i know uh i we've talked about this uh off mic at least but i know caddyshack is like the break and clay case of really weird stuff uh movies um that's, but, uh, that's the uh, the best movie of all time is Caddyshack. <laughs> uh, Caddyshack but uh, I did want to throw something uh, if, like, I, I had a loose pitch to uh, give you. In terms of miniseries being, like, themed around the subject, uh, I feel like we've all been living in more or less the end times lately. That's an easy thing to feel like yes. lately. So why don't we lean into that and watch a bunch of movies that are more or less set during or after the end times. So I, I'm yes. going to throw some movies at you so we can continue with this theme, and I'd love for you to pick one. So let's see. Uh, there is um, the original Terminator from 1984. Ooh, good one. Uh, there's obviously T2, Judgment Day, from the early 90s. I want to say 92. Pretty sure it's 92. But there's um, Edgar Wright's The World's End with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Uh, I had this entire thing going in my head, but it's like, let me see if I can pull up the dad movies list. So let's see. 
V for Vendetta. Escape from New York is a fun one. Seen that uh, one, yeah. Okay. Seen long, that one? long time ago. Well, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Dune, Hot Fuzz, The Matrix Trilogy. Uh, the 2007 Transformers is definitely not a post-apocalyptic thing, but I think you would get a kick out of okay. how dumb popcorn movie that is. Okay. Let's see. Uh, the original The Omega Man with um, Charlton Heston. Ooh! Charlton Heston, that's what. Uh, the original 1968 Planet of the Apes. Wow. I saw it for the first time just a week or two back. Okay. And uh, I don't know if you'd be into any of those. That would be cool. Okay. Yeah. The original Planet of the Apes. That would be cool. Yeah. All right. I might um, assign you uh, uh, some reading for that one because, uh, well, we'll talk about it uh, on that episode. But if you can, uh, if the listener can get their hands on a copy of planet of the apes visionaries uh the comic book that was adapted from the rod serling script uh by uh, comedian dana gould uh look it up because we will probably be talking about it next week when we cover 1968's planet of the apes, planet of the apes. uh dad you want to take us out yes um beautiful day here in uh, uh southeastern uh, pennsylvania usa uh, we're broadcasting from deep within the bowels of the Dog Kennel Studios in suburban Langhorne, Pennsylvania. It's a beautiful day. Go outside, work on the work in the garden, clean up the yard a little bit, yes. uh, and uh, start thinking about the life choices you've made, and and try to come up with something uh, that will allow you to actually do something with your life. So that was the podcast? Terrible. Horrible. Boring. Misinformed. Well, it had one redeeming quality. What's that? It ended. Oh! <laughs>